Welcome to Credits Due, the podcast where we break down an actor's filmography one movie at a time. I'm Ben Cron, and joining me today is Tyler Owen. Got a new mic, makes me sound real nice and podcastery. And Neil Potter. I have never gotten lost in my own museum. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, ladies and gen- gentlemen, we are on part two on our series on Harrison Ford. And of course, we're, that means we're talking about the 1981 film Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, our first... How many Steven Spielberg movies have we done on this podcast? Is this number one? Oh, boy. Uh, um, I don't know. I think it might be. We'll I check the it, records. I think it is. Uh, it's written by Lawrence Kasdan, and it stars Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, and Paul Freeman, and also a very young Alfred Molina, which is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bonkers. Um, so we'll get in. So, of course, as always, we'll start off with some film trivia on Raiders of the Lost Ark, get into some box office numbers, and then dive into our full spoiler-filled discussion on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Then ending with some final thoughts and, as always, recommendations. So, Tyler, you want to kick this off with some film trivia? I sure do. Every episode, I put together four pieces of trivia about our main film, and one of them I have made up completely, so I will have you guys try to guess which one it is. Number one, it took 60 attempts to get the monkey to do a serviceable Hail Hitler salute. (laughs) Oh, shit. Number two, the last line to be added to the script was Dietrich's I'm uncomfortable with this Jewish ritual. Because after reading through the script, the screenwriters realized there was no mention of Jews or the Nazis' hatred of them. Hmm. In one scene, a fly can be seen crawling into the mouth of Paul Freeman. He didn't want to ruin the take, unsure of how it could be edited, and so he swallowed the fly. Number four. Harrison Ford did not use a stunt double when outrunning the boulder. It was 800 pounds and made of fiberglass. He actually ran the sequence twice, and it was filmed from five different angles in each take. All right. Neil, why don't you figure out which one is the fake? I know one of those is as close to real. I don't know if you're... I That guy really did have a fly in his mouth. I saw it watching that movie. Whether or not he swallowed it, I don't know. So... I'm thinking you may have bent the rule a little bit there. We'll see. Bent the truth. But I'm going to go with the last one. Stunt doubles and Harrison Ford and the giant boulder. All right. Ben? Uh, I'm going to go with that one as well. Um, Because uh, I I think it was a stunt double. Um, The rest of it might have been true, but I'm almost positive it was a stunt double. 
All right, well, we'll go down in order. We'll start with number one. It took 60 attempts to get the monkey to do a serviceable Hail Hitler salute. That is true. Serviceable. <laughs> they it, was, it could not stop doing those salutes, but none of them were serviceable. <laughs> they, uh, they held a grape on a string just out of camera uh, to get him to reach for it, and it was difficult to get it to resemble the actual salute. Uh, so they had to do it 60 times. Um, that's like <laughs> animal cruelty, right? <laughs> Just give him the damn grape. Yeah. <laughs> Unless uh, the monkey was really fascist, then I guess who's to say? <laughs> uh, number two, the last line to be added to the script was the uh, Dietrich's line, I am uncomfortable with this Jewish ritual. That is true because somehow they neglected to mention how <laughs> terrible the Nazis are. They were just, I guess, relying on everyone's collective knowledge of shitty Nazis. Uh, so they they decided to add in at least one line that referenced their uh, hatred of Jewish people. Uh, number three. In one scene, a fly can be seen crawling and entering the mouth of Paul Freeman. He didn't want to ruin the take, so he swallowed it. This is false, guys. This is the one I made up. Ah, damn it. <laughs> so, but it is kind of funny where that uh, ur- that urban legend came from of him swallowing the fly. It's it's really well. It was really well known back when the movie came out. Like it, a lot of people just assumed that's what happened, and it got spread around. Uh, what happened was they when they filmed that shot, it. Uh, Steven Spielberg thought it was so funny that the fly went into his mouth that he actually edited out like two or three frames of the fly flying away. So he was standing, he was standing still enough that you wouldn't, you didn't notice the removal of two or three frames. And so the fly seems to disappear inside of his mouth and he thought it was hilarious. That's so funny. That's awesome. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't mean to question like Steven Spielberg, but it like that was one of the moments where I like rewound the movie and like watch that scene because it, it's it, so it, obvious that that's a fly. And yeah. it was one of those like I thought it was like, you know, sometimes flies will just like land on your television. Yep. And I was just like, I, I, I was like, oh, is, wait. Uh, like the fly was on my television, but now it's gone. So then, like I, <laughs> I bumped it back like ten seconds, and I was like, "Oh my god! It that it, the fly is so noticeable. <laughs> it just yeah. disappears into his mouth." <laughs> yep, and it's funny you should say that too because it was mentioned that it uh, appeared in like a magazine article that. Uh, around I think the year 2010 or something like that of mm. like most commonly paused and rewound scenes <laughs> in all films of course <laughs> oh wow right so after weird. like cruel intentions I'm sure <laughs> 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 which means that number four are uh, Harrison Ford not using a stunt double to outrun the boulder that is true Wow. He wow. did that sh- b- uh, both shots. It was filmed twice, uh, running away from this 800-pound fake fiberglass boulder. Uh, he did that for real. And uh, years later, Steven Spielberg reflected on it and said something like, uh, 
he regrets it, and it was probably the dumbest thing he's ever done, most dangerous thing he's ever done as a filmmaker. So, oh yeah, oh, it, yeah. it would make sense yeah. to have used a stunt double, uh, but no, they did not. You cannot stop that boulder if something goes wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, nice. that's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. Well, after trivia, we've got some box office news. This uh, movie came out June 12, 1981, had a production budget of $18 million. I wonder how much of that went to a giant Rolling Stone. (laughs) (laughs) What do you say? A couple mil, maybe? (laughs) A couple (laughs) mil. Has a domestic gross total of, holy cow, $212 million with a little... uh, Add a little more than that, but that's about right. Uh, lifetime domestic gross of two hundred and forty-eight million dollars. Uh, <laughs> I like to give a, a well. Let, first off, I'd like to touch on that. It actually was nominated for a few Oscars back uh, in nineteen eighty-one. It was nominated for eight, won four. Can you guys guess which four were were won? It was nominated oh, okay. for best picture, best director. Best Editing, Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction, Best Visual Effects, Best Sound, Best Score. Oh, shit. Mm. And it won four? And it won four out of eight of those. I mean, it has to be score, right? Uh, yeah, I was going to no. say. This no? is one that it wasn't. <laughs> what? What? This is like, that's like one of the most classic scores of all time. I know. <laughs> that's that's mind-blowing. Uh, I was going to say it probably uh, visual, what was the visual design? Visual effects. Visual effects and yep. then art design. Art direction, yep. That both won okay. for both those. I figured those two. Um, the score is close. Okay, uh, sound design. Sound design was one of them. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that makes and then, sense. Um, I'm trying to think if it maybe won one of the more prestigious ones. Um, I don't think it won best. It didn't win best picture. It, was it best director? Nope. Best editing was oh, the win. Okay, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah see, that makes sense. It, it's it, it's kind of like got that boo movie schlock to it. So it makes sense that right. it wouldn't re- really win any of the prestigious awards, but mm-hmm. just kind of the more you know technical side yeah mm. so it's pretty sweet uh did well for its time i'd say and i like to compare it with just another movie that just is listed in the similar movies so national treasure domestic gross <laughs> total was 173 million so this movie is clearly better than national treasure <laughs> well national Ever. i mean come on national treasure is a cult movie like everyone <laughs> caught that like you know in home video yeah yeah they, oh yeah, yeah. Caught yeah. that beloved movie in home video. <laughs> um, man, I'm just looking up Oscar. Uh, how many times uh, John Williams has won an Oscar for best score? Um, that blows my mind that it's not this because, like, the entire yeah. time thinking or watching this movie, I am captivated by its awesome soundtrack. Like, it's oh, one yeah. of those memorable themes of all time. Yeah. Okay. So here's his. Here's his, he's only won five. He's been nominated like a million times. Uh, so Fiddler on the Roof was his first one. Then Jaws. Then Star Wars. Uh, E.T. and Schindler's List. Wow. Um, There's like nothing in the last 
<laughs> like yeah. 20 years almost. Yeah. More. No Harry Potter. Like, no, I mean, nominations, like, probably for every single score he's done, but. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, crazy. I'm curious to know what the. What, what? <laughs> See, the dogs are even upset. <laughs> okay. So, in 1981, the best score went to fame. So, I guess. Oh, that yep. kind of makes sense. Just out of curiosity on what even would come close to that. But a musical, I guess, would probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, so so like Empire Strikes Back, came, this is the year after Empire Strikes Back, um, which is like, it's crazy to think about when you think about Harrison Ford. Like, this is like peak Harrison Ford like mm-hmm. yeah um like he's just fr- he's fresh off of Star Wars and then he's fresh off of like the Star Wars sequel and now he's jumping he's jumping into a new like franchise um I don't know if they thought this was going to be a franchise when they started it um they probably didn't like they probably didn't think in terms of that like back then it was just like make a good movie and mm-hmm. like this like this movie like the like like let's talk about this opening scene they're like going through this jungle and then like the introduction to this character is someone pulls a gun on Indiana Jones and then he just whips the gun out of the dude's <laughs> hand <laughs> and then like comes out of the shadow to rev- like shadows to reveal Harrison Ford. It's like instantly iconic. Uh, this character in this movie, <laughs> so especially incredible. for a dude that just uses a whip. Like, how <laughs> cool! <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> it's it's such a weird, it, like it's such a weird choice for the character too. Like how many heroes have we seen in popular media before this where he uses a whip like yeah or has this kind of outfit right like it's so so iconic like there's any all of the elements combined seem like kind of wrote now like it's a it's been done but it's just another one of those examples of like yeah somebody did it first like this is like that quintessential adventure movie character that mm-hmm. just it feels totally totally unique right mm-hmm. so tr- i love how he uh he's a professor too like yes uh-huh i feel like this like one like a lot of movies like this they just don't even care about like the day job like it's like oh it's a it's it's an adventurer he just like goes around and just like uh, goes through, you know, like tombs and shit and, and he gets idols and it's like, no, that's what he does on the weekend. Like during the week, he teaches at a college, <laughs> like, yeah, he's dressed up like a professor. He has glasses, you know, and it's just like, it's a very like small part of this movie. It's only like one scene, but that just like, it talks so much about that character Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's like this in Jurassic Park like 
of Steven Spielberg, like at one point he made nerds like so cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know? true. Yeah, it, it's funny you, you mentioned that about his uh, like his professor uh, side of his character because apparently they uh, that scene the scene where his um, like archaeology buddy comes back to his house and informs him that they've gotten the funding to go on this adventure or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like wearing that robe um, <laughs> yes. so that the reason he's wearing that robe is because he in the in the one of the original scenes that was filmed was him like entertaining a woman and Ooh. he has to hide her in his house when of that course. guy comes over. God. And so he was going to be more of like a James Bond type, like womanizer. And they decided to cut it because they didn't feel like it fit his character. And I'm like, oh, man, what what a crucial choice for <laughs> the yeah. future of this character, because he feels way more like a he feels way more like a like what you'd think. James Bond should be instead of this like kind of disgusting pervert who like preys on women he's more like he's just a badass and women find him irresistible <laughs> you know like it, there's yeah. a big difference there right yeah mm-hmm. yeah James Bond is more of like a fantasy than yeah and well it, it's like a, a very dated fantasy, right? But I feel like yeah, yeah. the the fantasy here in Indiana Jones, I feel like, is much more timeless. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and nineteen eighty one, Harrison Ford could get it. You kidding me? <laughs> Do you see how handsome this guy is? He's a good looking yeah. man. <laughs> Jesus. Um, that's funny that I didn't know about that deleted scene, but then now. Because of that choice, I find it odd in that that college scene where he's teaching that uh, girl who like has um, love you ran on her eyelids. Yeah, like that was just like that was like such a weird like choice to do because <laughs> like the the like irresistible nature of Indiana Jones like doesn't come through in this movie at all and. Uh, uh, I mean, I, find I feel odd. like you get that a little bit with Miriam. Like, yeah, but they have like a past, like, right? It's because they've they have a like romantic past. Sure, sure. You yeah, know what? that the scene with the love love you on the eyelids. It, he almost like looks at it confused, like what? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it plays into that like awkward professor thing too. So. Speaking of his past, I think one of my the most intriguing thing about Indiana Jones is he has a past with everyone and like they never touch on it, like hardly at all. Like there are some for some reason, I think it just works with Indiana Jones because I think just because of his profession as a professor and like a uh, adventurer artifact grabber guy <laughs> archaeologist <laughs> archaeologist yeah they have a term for that who knew uh, uh, like I just love that he has like a past with somebody where he's been like he's all the way in Tibet oh I just know this person here or he's all the mm-hmm. way here and I love like the rivalry between these two 
um, archaeologists, quote unquote, as Ben so said. <laughs> that they call yeah. them. <laughs> they all call each other archaeologists. I don't know. I don't know. Artifact. I'm using the film's terminology. His, his competing <laughs> artifact grabber guy is pretty. Like the history Bullock. between them. Yeah, Bullock. Like it's so incredible. Like that they have like this rivalry running far beyond that with the scope that we've even seen before. Like that, mm-hmm. I think is makes the movie so much snappier and fun when they already have something to like chat about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this, um, about star Wars where it's just like, Obi-Wan is just like, Oh yeah. The clone wars. And Luke is like, wait, you fought in the clone wars. And like the entire audience is like, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, it's world, it's world building at its best that Mm -hmm. like these, these characters didn't, like just pop into existence like at frame one of this movie you know Mm -hmm. they've been living their entire lives up until now and that's something that like we don't get much anymore because uh i feel like we don't get much anymore because um i feel like because of the star wars prequels like everyone you don't like say much about the past of your characters because um it's just like well i mean eventually we'll do a prequel and then now we're not tied down into anything we just make up whatever we want and uh yeah it's it's, it's strange because it works so well in a movie like this where you want to keep things moving quickly. You don't want to get weighed down by exposition or introducing characters that your other main characters have never met before. Like that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of like, it sucks the pace out of your film. And so Mm -hmm. it it was really fun to just be like, it felt like we started at like the climax of a different movie, right? At the very beginning is just this giant set piece where we are like, in media res, right? Like there's just, it, we totally are learning who these characters are just by watching them interact. We don't have to have like, it, it, if this were done more poorly, it would start with him as the professor, you know? And then you're like right. mm-hmm. learning about what his job is and what he does. And, Oh, we're going to go out and we're going to go get this artifact. Now we're going to get on a plane. Like that, that's just such a boring way to do this. And it's so well done to introduce uh, such an iconic character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I should also say, uh, after my prequel comment, that like there is a huge like there was a huge cartoon and I think a long book series um, called Young Indiana Jones, and then also isn't Temple of Doom a prequel? Like yeah, I isn't this, so, technically. Yeah. technically it's a prequel. They mm-hmm. did a Young um, Indiana Jones movie or series. Movie, yeah. Movie too, I thought. I think it's yeah, it's a TV series. There's a TV series <laughs> that's like a cartoon, I think, or maybe there's both live action and cartoons. Um but uh yeah. Um but yeah, that that opening scene with the boulder is like it's so funny because it's it's iconic and it's like it's only the first like 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Um, and also Alfred Molina. <laughs> I was just blown away that I think this was the first time I noticed it was him. And it just blew me away that that was him. And he just gets 
murdered. <laughs> <laughs> pretty gruesomely, like, too. Yeah. In, like, a pretty terrible-looking... Uh, <laughs> Prosthetic like, or fake. <laughs> yeah, with, like, his body with just some... Um, like spears, like just impaling him. Yep. It's, it's gruesome. Um, yeah. Then, uh, then he heads, he gets this, this, uh, mission to find the Ark of the Covenant, um, which is a pretty like great, uh, it, um, it's a pretty great, like fantasy thing of like this ancient relic that, has like biblical ties, but it's like it has this like the ultimate power mm-hmm, inside right. of it, and it's cool how like they tease it because they like don't really know. Like they show that uh, they show that picture from a book, and they're like, "Oh, what's these lights?" And Indiana Jones is like, "It's lightning and like the wrath of God." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh shit. My my favorite thing about that scene, uh, first off, is that one of the U.S. agents is actually Porkins from Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> Which is incredible. Awesome character actor William Hootkins back in the saddle again. Uh, <laughs> but like that Indiana Jones and um, oh, whatever, I can't think of Brody um, are explaining what the Ark oh. of the Covenant is, and like these two officers don't go. That sounds ridiculous. They're like, "Oh my, really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. We we need to acknowledge. We need to acknowledge right now. Like, okay, you can cut this out if you don't want to talk about movies we're doing later. But we're going to be doing the fourth Indiana Jones movie as part of Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. and it's. Like, people rag on that movie for how goofy it is, but these movies are goofy as fuck. Like, oh, yeah. They are ridiculous. Like, I, the, we'll, obviously, we'll talk about, like, why that movie in particular feels way worse than these other Indiana Jones movies, but I think it's, like, defending, uh, attacking the, the newest Indiana Jones for being too goofy is stupid like that <laughs> these movies <laughs> yeah. have always been goofy and like laughably so and and steve uh steven spielberg even said and he has said in many interviews like he knew he was making a b movie when he made this and mm-hmm. it's like it, it that's exactly what it is it doesn't really make any sense there are giant plot holes throughout like there's crazy amounts of liberties taken with like what guns can do what you know what a lasso can do what like, the human body can, can withstand exactly it's like he's a, he's a superhero it's just it's absolutely just fantasy storytelling and it, none of that really matters but it's just like yeah the ark of the covenant and everyone just accepting like oh yes but this is a a, a biblical artifact that obviously has real powers like it just it's we, kind of insane, yeah. um, but I also absolutely love it for yeah. that. So. And that the Nazis of all people are after it because Hitler loves that stuff. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even uh, I mean that that was the first thought that I had after watching this movie. I was like, 
I was like, this movie's dumb. How how is this not terrible? <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. I I actually was pondering like, am I gonna go into this podcast saying like, I don't know if I I like this movie as much as I thought I did, but like, <laughs> it's still a classic. But it's there's some there's some weirdness in there that is like I you. I don't think it has the same timeless appeal as Star Wars does, but mm-hmm. it's certainly there. Um, but there's just a lot of a lot of uh, strange, like pacing stuff and just goofiness how, well, that how, doesn't. How what's Marion like in the most comical way? How she dies, and then like yeah. she is in a a basket. Which is hilarious that she hides in a basket and then that yeah. monkey like narks on her. <laughs> and then she just gets picked up in the basket and just gets carried off. It's like a Scooby-Doo put, episode. Yeah. yeah. She gets put in the back of a truck that is filled with explosives. <laughs> like, like the only way you can make it more cartoonish is if all of them just said like TNT in like big letters. I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah. some of them did. <laughs> yeah, and it's, then the it car, is very cartoonish. The, the thing gets blown up because it like it takes a turn too sharply and explodes. Um, <laughs> then it's like a half. It's like 30 minutes or maybe even longer until like Indiana Jones just like randomly walks into a tent and she's just there. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, the, <laughs> the things must've got swapped yeah, and some it. other lady got put in. Back <laughs> <truck>. <laughs> yeah. And they like, he almost doesn't have any remorse for his actions at getting her killed for that intervening 30 minutes. Like he's just like, all right, I had a drink. I feel better about myself. Let's get this done. Let's go yeah. find the ark again. Like, you know, okay, that's pretty fucked up. You basically got that lady killed. <laughs> hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> um, let's talk about Marion for a little bit. Um, so played by Karen Allen. Uh, I'm not very familiar with that actress outside of the like two. Indiana Jones movie she's in Mm -hmm. Um, but she is she's incredible in this movie and but I and I think it's just because I just watched Star Wars um, I could not stop thinking about Carrie Fisher like Mm -hmm. while watching this because I don't know if it was a purpose like it was a conscious choice but they cast so such similar actresses playing such similar characters, mm-hmm. you know, mm. um, like yeah. that sassy, like, I mean, she's introduced by doing a, like a drinking contest where they're like, it's two people like taking shots. Um, and she wins <laughs> against, a dude who is like an incredible actor for like having no lines and basically just being <laughs> like physical. Yeah. That's such a like great little funny performance for like one scene. Who has the largest sausage fingers I've ever seen on a human being. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And then like she, she like stands up for herself. She like shoots like several dudes throughout the course of this movie. Yeah. Um, it kind of upends that uh, the, you know, 
lady in distress or the damsel mm-hmm. in distress trope, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like she does need to be rescued, as does <laughs> Princess Leia, but like they're totally capable on their own too. Mm-hmm. And she is just a, has a huge amount of sass, just like yep. oozing out of her body. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They're two very similar characters, and it's just like it's it's weird. Like ha, like yeah. I mean, this is a George Lucas movie too. Like I think he produced it and uh, he wrote the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he wrote the story with Steven Spielberg, but it's just. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, good for them, I guess. Like, I'm not complaining about having like a good female character in a movie, right? but it's just weird that it's just like, it's so, it's so similar to Princess Leia where I, I feel like Indiana Jones and Han Solo are different. Um, I feel like they're different enough in when you consider that they're played by the same actor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. I mean, they certainly, they play it really, really hard. The idea that, that uh, Indiana Jones is like this altruistic crusader for, you know, truth and knowledge and preserving history. And like, that's very different than Han Solo, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. He's, I mean, he starts out at the beginning of Star Wars as effectively like a, a chaotic, neutral, <laughs> you know, character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it it's, uh, it's fun to see him in both roles and he plays them both so well, even though like, I think we might identify over the course of this season that he kind of just plays the same, like he, he acts very similar in most of his roles, but it's all, it's all about like the fact that he fits the character that was written. Right. Yeah. So in that regard, I think he's perfect for both roles. Mm. Um, should we talk about, um, should we talk about his casting? Uh, this is one of the things that one of the trivia things that um, that I found. Um, where is it? Uh, oh yeah. So when casting Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford was Steven Spielberg's first choice. But George Lucas didn't want to do it because it would be his third movie starring Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first two being star- the two Star Wars movies. Um, so then Tom Selleck was their second choice. Yeah. And uh, Tom Selleck dropped out. He had to drop out because of Magnum P.I., which was like filming at the same time, I think. And so they... <laughs> They settled with Harrison Ford, which is yeah. just what bonkers. a crazy, <laughs> what a crazy uh, alternate timeline that would be. Mm-hmm. Settling for Harrison Ford sounds weird. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny that like it was, it was the first choice, but they like couldn't agree on it. Like the mm-hmm. producer couldn't agree on it. It was yeah, weird. Hmm. And of course, I think they made the right choice. Oh yeah, in most the long definitely. Run. Yeah, most definitely. 
unless Tom Selleck would have like really pulled it through in the uh, the Crystal Skull, then what? You know, <laughs> yeah. it could have been a whole new thing. You never know. <laughs> this is an alternate universe where there's like there's like twenty. We're talking. To, we're not talking about like James Bond twenty five. We're talking about Indiana Jones twenty five, <laughs> and it's just like Tom Selleck has just knocked these out like every other year. Oh man, God, that would be crazy. I, I'm just imagining like a a Bond like series that's gone on for as long as Bond has, but it's the same actor through all of the movies. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, Bond is at least switched like five times yeah yeah <laughs> um i mean they're making an indiana jones five so yeah it's true it's true Good yeah Let, um, let's touch oh boy yeah, let's touch on other side characters because like what i yes. think indiana jones does uh, the whole series in general does really well is it's really enthusiastic and really good side plot characters like we've already touched on Alfred Molina um, the next one like Paul Freeman as Belloc like I think he did amazing like he's like the you know the antithesis to Indiana Jones like he's mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. the guy who thinks he's more sophisticated but still is like I'm better than you kind of guy he did amazing in this like and I you know other than uh what else always oh, Ivan Ooze and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers <laughs> oh nice oh that is that face oh, I thought that God. face looked that's familiar. hilarious so that's um, about the only is, other thing I know him from but he's incredible in this uh is Belloc the guy at the very beginning who steals the idol from yeah. yes okay <laughs> yep. okay yeah yeah he's such a and I love how he's like super charismatic like he's almost more good looking than Harrison Ford <laughs> right yeah yeah uh, yeah more like uh refined you know pretty boy type yeah. yeah 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 he is the um who who's the revenge of the nerds that um <laughs> yeah. those like snooty uh whatever um he's <laughs> Great like reference, that ben. <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> um but yeah uh the I think my favorite um, side character in this is Salah, who, oh, who's played God. by Gimli, son of Gloin, yes. uh, <laughs> our boy John Reese Davis. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. And he is incredible in every single scene he's in. He's yep. just eating up. He is, which is something that that actor just is so good at. He is amazing. Just stealing scenes. He is such like, he's like. Uh, the middleman for everything. He is like a schmoozer to everybody. Like he yeah. is like incredible that he plays the field, but he's always on their team, <laughs> regardless of what he's trying to do. Like it's he just does an awesome job at that. Like the scene where like he finds Indiana Jones and like those Nazis are like, hey, get me some water. He's like, oh, no, no, that's leave my friend alone. I'll get you some water. You just stay right there. Like he's like <laughs> serving these Nazis as he's trying to escort Indiana jones out like he's such an awesome guy (laughs) yeah and he has one of the best i think one of my favorite lines in this entire movie of the bad dates line for some reason i find that hilarious (laughs) oh my god i love that scene because they they set up that uh this like assassin sneaks in and poisons this like bowl of dates and then you see the monkey come in um who the monkey is this hilarious like double agent who is just like this like 
agent of chaos that is just hanging around our heroes, but he's like obviously like working for the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, the monkey like jumps in and like he jumps up right by the dates, and you can obviously tell he's just gonna chow down on on like all of them. But like you don't ever see. I think there's only like one tiny shot of the monkey actually eating the dates until uh, until Salah like sees the monkey just like dead passed out on the floor. And then, yeah. And then, did you say the line? Bad dates? Yeah, bad dates. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, so he's banned. Yeah. Continue. And then I love uh, one more monkey scene. Um, I love when they're. I think it's uh, it's right before the the bad date scene, where they're getting, um, they're like all getting into this truck, and then um, the monkey like jumps in the truck and then looks out the window and gives and he like points like across the street and then it cuts to this dude on a bicycle in all black and a black eye patch <laughs> and the dude just like holds his finger up in like a shushing like sound and then the monkey just like stays quiet <laughs> man is like, yeah the my dude, god that creepy dude with his monkey in the credits as monkey man <laughs> like you think he'd be, you'd think he'd be like a more i don't he's like not a powerful guy he's just the guy who controls the monkey like that's it but he's just like an informant <laughs> monkey uh, man the next guy i'd like to touch on is tote or I don't know how you say that, but it's Ronald Lacey who plays him, and he's the really sniveling Nazi, like, occult yes. weirdo. Like, yeah. what a creep, but what an amazing job playing a creepo Nazi guy. Yeah. Oh, this is a guy who, this is a guy who gets, um, his hand gets burnt. Yes. Yep. And he's, yes. he's that famous meme of his, his face getting melted off. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm sorry to keep bringing up James Bond, but he is like an incredible James Bond villain where it's like he's one step away from being a cartoon character. Oh, and, right. I mean, right. I, I don't but, think it's a I don't think it's a like I don't think it's a mistake that these are very similar to James Bond. Like, I think that's yeah. very much the model they were going for just in like a, you know, in the Middle East adventuring with capturing artifacts and stuff. It's just like just transplanting it into a different setting almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love how he's, he's just like skirting that line of being a cartoon character and like a real human being. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what makes him such a great villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can see how it, it, the, even though the movie is so goofy, like they, they do do a pretty good job of, Making Do-do. sure that the that, <laughs> that the Nazis uh, feel like a they feel like a significant threat and not like a insult to something that only happened like thirty six years prior to when this movie was filmed, mm-hmm. which is insane because more time has passed since this movie came out. <laughs> yeah, it's been thirty eight oh years since this movie came out. It was thirty eight thirty six years since the end of World War Two when this movie came out. So it's uh, yeah, like 
I I always find that really fascinating when watching old movies that feature Nazis and thinking like a, a lot like a lot of people who literally lived through that war were like alive and watched this movie right like <laughs> right a lot there's still a few around today but there would have been like a lot around then so it's just it's funny how quickly Nazis became like the Hollywood punching bag enemies and like mm-hmm. for good reason they're a great villain you know mm-hmm. and I think that Tote is a, a really awesome representation of just a single character as a Nazi uh, th- mm-hmm. that sequence where he enters the tent where Bollock and Marion are in having dinner and he pulls out that weird contraption and you think it's like some torture device <laughs> and it turns out just to be a hanger for him to hang his coat on it's like that is like one of the best sight gags I've yeah. ever seen I love that scene oh shit that was incredible because I don't re- like I've seen this countless times before but i even forgot i'm like oh shit is he gonna beat her up and no, <laughs> he just hangs his coat up. yeah it's so good and i love at the end when the um they open uh they open the ark of the covenant and then it's just like sand and he mm-hmm. just starts to cackle and it's like this it, it's like this like nervous laughter where he's like bummed that there's not that there's like you know it's just sand Mm -hmm. but he's also like laughing at the other two people he's with because like they also failed you know (laughs) (laughs) um and then yeah then when his face gets melted off it's like it's just iconic so did you get I almost put this in the trivia, but I figured that you guys might have already heard this. Did you know that this movie is like the reason why the PG-13 rating exists? Whoa. Oh, yeah. I did know that. That makes yeah, a lot so of sense. It did not exist when this movie came out and it was rated PG. And <laughs> they, they, they even avoided an R rating because at the end when Bollock, or who is it that is the one that's like in the robes right in front of the arc? Is that Bollock? It's, it's yeah, Bollock. isn't that Bollock? Yep. And yeah, because his head explodes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they were going to get an R rating. And all they had to do to get it down to a PG rating was put fire and sparks in front of his head exploding. Oh, so wow. that it was, it was a little bit hidden, like a little bit occluded. And oh, my God. that was what did it. So this movie was almost an R, but instead it's PG. And then basically enough people complained, like parents complained and stuff, and were like, this movie is very violent. <laughs> and <laughs> so they introduced a new rating of PG-13, and so the, the very next Indiana Jones movie had the PG-13 rating. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, one thing I that I remember is in the the scene in Tibet, there's a part where like one of those guys gets his brain shot. Like somebody gets shot right in the head, like right between the eyes and blood's gushing out of his forehead. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but, uh, my daughter's name is Indiana and we didn't specifically name her after Indiana Jones, but like, you know, I'm not gonna like, (laughs) I'm not gonna say that she, I'm not gonna like deny that that didn't influence me a little bit. Um, but 
like we were coming home from a trip this weekend and we still had to watch the movie and Indy had been sleeping like through most of the car ride and we're like, oh, she's not going to go to bed tonight and we have to watch this movie. And Francis was like, oh, well, she could stay up and watch it. And I'm like, I know the the movie's rated PG-13, but do you remember (laughs) how violent this is? Like in the first like two minutes of the movie, we have like a, a, a impaled decaying corpse and then a freshly impaled corpse like <laughs> so yeah. it's it's like super violent and i love that bit of trivia about the pg-13 rating being introduced because of this mm. well and those uh skeletons are like so terrifying because they add like the score uh like they have like whales mm-hmm. uh, like or like like moaning like like zombie sounds almost yeah. you know mm-hmm. like when they show skeletons and it's like it's so like just and man, terrifying there's that scene when they're escaping from the uh the ark room where there's like a snake coming out of a like mummy's mouth yeah and man that is so disturbing like even even still like there's there's so many movies that use crazy cgi but that was like that was really gross you know <laughs> yeah i i oh, you hear the you hear the trivia about that scene the um the snake scene where they had to they went around to like every single like pet store that oh, sold yeah. snakes and they bought every single one. And then they had to add in hoses yep. to like fill in the gaps still. Oh my God. Yeah, there are a lot of fake snakes in there too. That I even mm. I read too that one of the pythons that they had on set was bitten by a cobra and died. <laughs> like oh. the, the rules around this shit were a little bit lax back then, I think. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. I was kind of wondering that about all of the yeah. animals in that because there was a ton of stakes like nobody stepped on one of those tarantulas you kidding me like what's going on <laughs> right yeah. well there's uh, I think there's two shots where I think when Indiana Jones falls down and then Marion falls down again again there's two shots of like snakes lashing out to bite them and there is a glass wall separating yep. the actors from the snakes Whoa. so like you can't see it, but like the snake just like lashes out and just hits a glass wall. That'd be <laughs> terrifying as an actor. Like, oh my god! Yeah. God. Um. There's uh, a lot of great trivia about this movie. I had a hard time deciding. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's so fun to read up because it's yeah. just like it's it's just one of those old movies where like so much is real. So there's all these cool stories about like how they like made the film. Right. And then just like all the actor, I mean, there's so many actors that go on have either are, were already incredible character actors or they like gone on to be in like a hundred films just as other side roles. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Another thing I just remembered too, is that that iconic sequence where, uh, Harrison Ford uh, is fighting that swordsman guy oh, and he just pulls one. out his gun and blasts him away <laughs> uh, apparently that was they came up with that on set because everyone uh, Harrison Ford was so sick 
that he couldn't uh, perform the the whip grab of the sword which they'd uh-huh. kind of already done a few times anyways. And so it's like, why don't I just shoot him? Like he was having a hard time <laughs> operating the whip cause he was really sick and they had all gotten really sick. Everyone on the cast and crew had gotten sick from eating stuff in Tunisia and it was like miserably hot there. The only person who didn't get sick was Steven Spielberg because mm. he brought like cases of SpaghettiOs with him and that's all he would eat. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get sick from the SpaghettiOs. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's so yeah that's so There's cool just so I many love little those, stories like, like that yeah yeah i love those uh those stories about like improv lines right like, i mean in the famous one is in empire strikes back like uh han solo was supposed to say i love you or, mm-hmm. or like i love you too or something and right. They filmed a bunch of takes where he said that, and then he was just like, he's like, that's just wrong. The character wouldn't say that. And yeah. so he was like, let's, like, let's, let me say something else. Mm-hmm. And he came up with, I know. And then it's like, fucking the ultimate. It's just like the ultimate line. Yeah, there there seem to be so many examples of that with Harrison Ford specifically. Like, he's not just great at performing what's written for him. He's great at understanding who his character is and having enough, like, enough sway and camaraderie with his fellow like directors and producers that he can work in his own ideas into the script and into the production and it's like that is such a cool thing like you you understand that he made these characters what they are right like it's not he wasn't just in the right place at the right time he didn't just get just the you know cast in just the right role like he is critical to the success of these movies and these characters Mm -hmm. Um, let's 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 talk about the the final or the final like big scene of this movie where it's um, where they open the Ark of the Covenant and it's all these all these Nazis are you know gathered around uh, there they have this giant camera that they're filming on and they open the scene or they open the Ark and it's just dust and they're just like what the fuck and then um in a style that's like out of a ghostbusters film all these (laughs) ghosts come out and just wreak havoc on everyone and then in something that is like it's now a trope the like giant laser from the sky like Mm -hmm. um and all all the nazis just get sucked up into the air and like into I don't know the cosmos or something because <laughs> <laughs> when all is said and done and the ark closes itself back up, like I guess maybe they went into the ark I don't know, but like what I love about this scene is all this chaos and it's like it it's it's like a movie that you think is turning itself up to ten and then you realize that it's only been on like two for the entire movie <laughs> yeah. because this this scene is like so just off the walls bonkers and I just love how after all is said and done 
uh, there's no blood anywhere, and there's no dead bodies. And they're all just gone. <laughs> well, there were there had there were a bunch of Nazi bodies. I think uh, the I ones don't think that so. the ones that all got shot through the chest with with like the yellow orange like fire laser. Mm. I thought they were still laying there. I will. I could be go wrong, back to the but, tape, but yeah. I, I remember it just being a clean set. Huh? Yeah. Mm. I don't it, recall, it, so I can't help you in this. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a totally bonkers sequence. Like the, and honestly, the the face melting effects still stand up pretty good. Like, yeah, I I couldn't tell where the cut was made from a shot of a real person's face to the face that started melting. Like that's yeah. pretty damn impressive, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I yeah, I think it's impressive, but. I don't know. I, I think that the scene is just so ridiculous that um, the like the special effects don't ruin it. You know, like mm, it's yeah. just like, yes, you're here to watch these Nazis just their face melt and then their <laughs> bodies just get sucked up into outer space. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, I remember watching this when I was a little kid, like. I was probably seven or eight, maybe, and right. man, that those face melting scenes like gave me nightmares for sure. Like that, right. it's like it's it's legit messed up for you know, someone who like if this is your first exposure to like real violence in a film, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is like so m- me growing up, I always watched The Last Crusade all the time, and that mm-hmm. I like that one quite a bit. But regardless of Indi- which Indiana Jones you're watching, the end has the most horrific death scene of anyone imaginable. Someone yeah. gets their yeah, heart right. ripped out in Temple of Doom by like a cult man. And then the other one, the guy drinks, drinks from the wrong grail and turns into a skeleton in front of that person's <laughs> eyes. It's yeah. all horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is the, the cup scene from... Uh, wait, what's the cup scene from? Uh, it- the Last Crusade. At yeah, the last end. crusade. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, because th- that's almost similar. Like right? his, his mm-hmm. like right. skin and muscles just deteriorate. Yeah, he just turns. Well, he ages. Dust. Yeah, he mm-hmm. ages really yeah. fast. Oh, ages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I remember. Like- I remember watching that as a kid, and it was like on television or something. Or we were we were at a like neighbor's house, and they had it on and my mom turned to me and she was like all right this is a really scary scene so if you need to turn away like (laughs) do it and then she like said right when to and i turned away and i just remember everyone being like "Ooh, gross oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i saw i don't think i actually saw it until like i was probably in like middle school or high school like that's really funny five years later (laughs) (laughs) Um, anything else, uh, anything else you guys want to say about this movie? Um, as the great scene of the dude saying we have top men working on it, top (laughs) men, top men, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, let's get into final thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, for every movie, we give Harrison Ford a rating of one to five Harrisons and, um, uh, Neil, why don't you start us off with your final thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this one is another one that I think we've just knocked out of the park like two in a row for Harrison Ford. I 
would hesitate giving it a five. I'd like give it like a four and a half out of five Harrisons. Like it's just incredible. Uh, just th- like this is like a really cool like for, I love like stuff revolving in the like this era. So like the 30s and the 40s and World War Two and stuff. So him like clocking Nazis and stuff is just my bread and butter. Um, I don't so like the time period is like awesome for me uh just the gritty character is just incredible like you couldn't get harrison like you couldn't get a better better person than harrison ford to play this uh and it just is it, it is it's just bonkers ridiculous like you shouldn't think of it any differently uh and it's just it's a it's it's incredible uh i'm gonna give it four and a half out of five harrison's very cool Tyler yeah I'm actually I'm gonna follow suit and I'm gonna say this is a four and a half Harrison's as well um and I uh, with a caveat I would say that the character of Indiana Jones is is better I think he gets better at this character in the other two movies I'm not gonna say anything about Mm -hmm. the fourth one yet because we're gonna review that one but uh, I, I, if I were like, if I were rating Temple of Doom, I'd probably give that like a four and then I'd give Last Crusade a five because it, it, like this character is so freaking great, but I do think that there's like, it's not, it's not quite like Star Wars where when I want to watch Star Wars, I will watch all three movies back, you know, back to back to back mm-hmm. with Indiana Jones. Like I'm like, eh, I don't really feel like watching the first one or the second one or whatever. Like I'll just pick one to watch and then I'll have my fill of Indiana Jones for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm coming at. I, it's absolutely an incredible character, incredible movie. Um, but there's just some wonkiness in there that like one of the things I, I noticed specifically this time watching was that one of that, uh, the fight scenes where he's in the bar at, at Marion's bar, wherever that is in the mountains, mm-hmm. the there's when he's fighting all those dudes, there is zero music and it is very awkward. Like I couldn't mm. figure out for a, a little bit why it felt so weird. And like, it felt like all the punches weren't really landing or anything. It's because there was a zero music going on. Mm. So it didn't have quite the impact that so many of the other, like, crazy soundtrack driven scenes had um Mm. so there's just like weird wonkiness like that throughout the movie Uh, almost like they're kind of finding their feet with what this series and character is so yeah uh i'm i'll give it just a really solid four and a half harrisons yeah um yeah i'd say that's like uh that's like an 80s maybe 70s thing where like there's no music in fight scenes yeah because J- james bond does that even the newer ones they kind of will like cut the score when there's a fight scene mm-hmm. um but it's it is weird in this movie because it also has fight scenes where it does that like um looney tunes thing where john williams is playing the score and it like a flute flourish when there's yeah. a punch yeah. you know <laughs> like the the scene where uh where he's fighting the giant brawler guy in front of the plane like yeah. that has a great soundtrack to accompany that and it's like you're saying it's like there are little bits of the soundtrack that are accentuating the action and that feels so good mm. so um uh so i'm I'm not an Indiana Jones fan, 
maybe I should have brought this up. But <laughs> so I'm not very familiar with the like with Temple of Doom and The Last Crusade. Like I've seen them, but these are not movies that I like go back and watch. So like um are you both do you both agree that The Last Crusade is like the best? It's my yeah. it's my favorite personally, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would have to agree. It, it's I think Sean Connery adding oh, in God. that wrinkle and yeah. playing off of Harrison Ford is so good. It's, it's just amazing. Like, yeah, it it's rare that you can introduce a character in a series like that late in a series and have it work so well and not feel like kind of uh, almost like a cameo appearance, you know, that mm-hmm. it, it just is so good. And John Rice yeah. Davies is still in it. So, I mean, it's all still good. Oh, nice. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, yeah. I think all of these movies are on Netflix. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to rewatch um, the next two. Cause I, I did really, um, I did really enjoy this uh, Raiders. Um, I'm going to give it a four out of five Harrison's. Um, because I, I think Harrison Ford is great in in this movie and in this role, um, but uh, I think the real magic of this movie is Steven Spielberg and John Williams, mm. and I think that I mean you could there's probably like a hundred movies that you can pick out and you can be like, oh this is the version of Indiana Jones that if if you didn't have Steven Spielberg at the helm, like it would turn into a terrible movie. And Mm -hmm. I just think he knows, he just knows how to make a really fun action movie. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just, it is, it is really fun and exciting to just watch his movies. Cause I think he's just, he's, um, he's just a master at filming. Um, so yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, and yeah, enough <laughs> enough about Steven Spielberg, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's just it is it's so fun to watch Harrison Ford just kind of be this type of character, and um, it was a lot of fun. So uh, that is four Harrisons for me. So. Let's get into recommendations, guys. Um, oh, wow. For every episode, we will uh, we will leave you with some recommendations uh, that we think you should check out. So, Neil, what a recommendation do you have for us? Yeah, I my recommendation is a series on Amazon called The Boys. Uh, it is kind of helmed by uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, I think, or whatever his partner is, um, who did like Preacher and stuff. And it's uh, it's like a series about like a Justice League type. They aren't the Justice League, but they've got an analogous character for each member of the Justice League. So they've got their Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, Aquaman type characters. But they're all like part of this corporation driven by like likes and faves and retweets and things like that. So like they're this it's based off a comic book too. I am actually not familiar with the comic book. Um, I've heard the series does some things better than the comic, but I can't say on that how that is. But um, it, uh, it, yeah, it just revolves around the superhero team that are all out for like 
exposure, like media exposure. So, but they're also just a bunch of assholes. Like they're just, most of them are just terrible people. Like one's like a, just a drug addict. The other one is just more about like his ego than like saving people and things like that. And then it comes down to like a team of humans or a group, group of non like super people to like that just hate their guts and want them dead pretty much and that's just what this, it just revolves around that story um i've just about finished it but what i've seen so far is it's awesome it's like really really well done like as far as like i'm concerned seth rogan can have like any of these like offshoot like superhero like genre type things and then just like uh, just take him like he's done awesome work with preacher um this is he's done really great on i think he's gonna be helming the invincible thing in series that's coming out which is like one of my favorite comic books from image so like it, it's just it's really well done it's really well acted and it's just it's a it's a, it's i would say it's kind of like a it's more of a comedy drama thing than action but uh it's also quite violent in some aspects it's very adult driven so uh that's your forewarning there it won't get that 1981 pg rating i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that's my recommendation the boys on amazon cool tyler yeah, so I've got a, a different type of recommendation today. Um, I have been working on uh, trying to curate my collection of films, and I, I was starting to ponder the transition to all digital collection. So I was looking at like all my DVDs and all my Blu-rays, and recently I'd starting to get I was starting to get some 4K Blu-rays because I have a Xbox One X and a 4K TV and I'm just like you know I don't I don't really want to have these on disc. I just want to have them I just want to be able to play them when I want without having to worry about which service they're on or which subscription I need to have to watch them and I just want to like have all of my favorite movies in one place. How can I do that without like spending an arm and a leg to like rebuy a bunch of them, right? And that is where I found uh, the disc to digital service for Vudu. So Vudu is, I believe, the digital streaming service that was created by Walmart, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and they have a program that is basically exactly fits what I wanted. It is disc to digital. If you download the Vudu app, you can use your phone to scan the UPC codes of any movies you own. And as long as you are scanning it in uh, with your GPS location is in the same zip code as your billing address, it will let you like purchase a digital copy of that movie for two bucks. And I had never heard of this. I've never heard anybody talk about it. I had no idea it existed. And I don't know why more people aren't talking about it because I literally, the day I found out about it, I scanned like, I bought like 20 movies for 40 bucks. And granted, ones I already owned, but at the point where, I was at the point where like, even just having to like get up and put a movie in my like Xbox was not worth the effort. And I I found myself just like not wanting to watch movies I actually owned just because it was 
a pain to go do that and I'd just <laughs> rather turn on Netflix. So I think this service is amazing and you should use it. And I will also add a small footnote to say that there is nothing stopping anyone from just scanning a UPC of a movie and then getting the disc to digital version. I'm not going to explain any further than that, Um, but I'm sure you can figure out what I'm hinting at. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, So I do have one question. Yeah. Uh, Do you use Movies Anywhere, that Movies Anywhere service? I do, and I I meant to mention that. Voodoo links in with Movies Anywhere, and so the ones that you use Disc to Digital, a majority, a large majority of those will also work with movies anywhere oh nice that's so, cool that's uh, at really least cool. all the ones that i've done so far now granted there are quite a few movies that don't work to di- with disc to digital at all so mm. when i was going through my collection i would say about three out of four worked um where there is one uh, you know an odd one every three or four movies or so that i scanned that said it was not available um, but sometimes and that's because that goes by like companies too, not right. just movies. Like right. it's a service that Disney started. So like every Disney movie is on that service. It's not like, it's not like the original trilogy of star Wars is on it, but then the prequels aren't, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I was think referring, that's how it works. I was referring to the, the disc to digital service itself. So like oh. you, you, you will occasionally scan a movie that'll say it's not available on the service. So that will happen. Um, oh, okay. But so far, everyone I've scanned that did work and let me purchase it for the two bucks or whatever, those have all been available then in the movies anywhere thing. So I can, I can log into, I can just go to the, the movies and TV app on my Xbox one and, have all the movies that I scanned in there. That's cool. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I should. So I don't own any more movies on disc. Um, I sold them like several years ago mm-hmm. and I kind of wish I would have done this first. Well, um, cause I mean, $2 <laughs> for a movie and I probably sold them for much more. Like you can probably go and sell all your movies even at like, like, a half price books type thing or like a pawn shop and right. you'll probably get especially for blue blu-rays you're, you'll probably get more than two dollars for it yeah i mean i've i've literally now been uh like i'll stop and check out the discount movie section at like walmart where they've got like movies for five bucks and just to just to be able to like spend seven bucks to have a digital version of it you know mm-hmm. interesting cool um I would like to recommend a movie that um, I saw in theaters and I actually just rewatched it last night because it just got added to Hulu. And it was interesting how, you know, during Raiders of the Lost Ark, we kept talking about stunts and stuff and like Harrison Ford doing his own stunt from a from a uh, 800 pound boulder. Um I rewatched Mission Impossible Fallout, Mm. which features Tom Cruise uh, jumping out of an airplane some God knows how many miles up from the ground and uh, um, falling uh, right behind a camera crew that is filming him. And he goes up uh, 
he like dives close enough to the camera that his face can get into focus of the camera. Um, this movie is like this is like the fifth film series in Mission Impossible. I think it's the fifth. Yeah, Actually, it might. Er, it is the fifth. Oh no, it might be six. Yeah, it's it's six. Six it's number six. Yeah. Um, and it is like. I turned it on last night and I, it was just one of those, like, I need like some, I need sound happening like around me for like the next hour. And I was like, oh yeah, Mission Impossible Fallout. Like, I kind of want to rewatch that. So I, I turned that on and then I ended, I ended up like watching the entire movie, like completely engrossed by it. Cause it's <laughs> so, it is such a, like, it is such a fun and thrilling movie. And uh, Tom Cruise famously does like so many of his own stunts and like he learned how to fly a helicopter in like <laughs> two months or something. And so because the final act of this movie features like a helicopter like chase scene mm-hmm. um, and then he like there's a, a shot where he jumps out of a building uh, f- he jumps out of a window of a building onto another building and then he r- sprints across that second building and he when he fell the take that is used in the movie he actually like shatters shattered his ankle but he sprinted across the building because he wanted to complete the the like take it oh my is God. <laughs> he's a legend oh yeah my legend God. Um, and then also like, it's not just like what I love about the, this film franchise is that, um, like obviously there's so much CG, but, um, it does, there's so much real stunts in this movie that it is hard to tell like where CG is added. Like you can watch this movie and be like, everything is real in this movie. And I think that is a testament to, not only the stunt work, but like the visual effects on how like well they hide all the yeah. visual effects. Right. Um, and then also like, you know, the plot is like, it's kind of silly, but it is like, it's strong enough that like, um, like halfway through this movie, there's a scene where they do like three twists, like right in a row. And, it's just like the writing is so good and the acting is so incredible that you're just like mind is blown when they're <laughs> doing all these twists and turns in like in a movie that is basically just about this dude who wants to set up set off like a bunch of nuclear warheads and start like a nuclear winter you know um uh it's incredible if you haven't seen this movie it just got added to Hulu. It's worth like, it's honestly worth like a blind purchase. If you are into like mission impossible movies, I'd recommend you uh, just watch all of them. Like this is probably the best, most consistently good series I've ever seen. Like for being six yeah. movies deep and having really only mission impossible Two being a little meh, like mm. this, it's the, like the best action series you could wish for. Mm. <laughs> and I actually, I will, I mean, this movie is 
this series is kind of made fun of for the mask thing. Like they right. always have these, you know, a, a, have a character like wear a mask of another character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this this movie has the best mask like usage. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like the wolf blitzer one at the beginning, (laughs) but not to spoil or not to spoiler it, but uh, later on in the movie, there's a mask usage that is just like next level. And it's, it's so good. And it, it even like, it's like a magic trick, you know, like you're kind of shocked the first time you see a magic trick, you're just like shocked and then the second time you see it, you're just like enjoying the reveal of it, you know, and like that's what this movie is that rewatching it. You're just like enjoying this masterful, masterful reveal of this magic trick. Uh, it's so good. Um, also, like Henry Cavill is in it, who and he is just so good. Yeah, he's amazazing in this. Yeah. Um, Man, it's such a shame that like Superman kind of like launched his career and like I don't think he's he's gotten over it yet Um, because like every movie he's in, he's just like he's just incredible in it. And this is like probably the best he's been in um, that at least I've seen. Uh, um, So, yeah. And then, I mean, Rebecca Ferguson, Simon Pegg, uh, Ving, Ving Rames is back. And his uh, cute little hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen this one yet, so I'm, I'm excited it's on Hulu oh, now. Oh, man. Yeah, get to watching it. It's it's so good. I'm And um, this is the second, I want to say this, this is the second movie that Christopher McQuarrie has directed. Um. I want to say it's the third one he's written, uh, the third Mission Impossible movie he's written, um, and he's doing two more. He's writing and directing two more, and I just think he just he just perfectly understands like what makes these movies so good, and um, and he and he's just like playing around in it and having so much fun. Like there's almost like this fast and furious, uh, level to this movie where there's like all these like kind of very tiny callbacks, um, to earlier films that in, if you don't know them, they're, uh, they're just like, there's like throwaway lines. Um, but then, but if you do know them, it's just like, it's just this weird connection to like past films that you're just like, you're just like, Oh, like, what are you do? What are you doing film? Like, why are you, <laughs> why are you like building this, like trying to build this intricate, like plot, but it's very fascinating. Um, yeah, I love, I love this movie. I think it's like. I'm a huge Ghost Protocol fan, but I think Fallout might might top it as like one of the best. And uh, man, yeah, I'm so excited. Um, they're filming the next two Mission Impossible movies back to back because I assume that I assume that Tom Cruise like I, I assume he's on his like he can't do much more of these. Yeah. Um, 
Says you. And, He'll probably get the Infinity yeah. Gauntlet in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be great. Um, all right, that's it for this episode of Credits Due. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and listening, listening along. Um, and I hope you'll join us again in two weeks when we'll be discussing Blade Runner. Um, very excited to rewatch this movie. I think I've only seen it once. I'm pretty sure I've only seen it once. Um, also, editorial note: we're going to we're planning to watch Blade Runner: The Final Cut. Um, my understanding is that that is the best version of Blade Runner among the like 20 editions that this movie has. <laughs> so very excited to watch that and very excited to talk about that with you, with you guys. So hope you'll join us for Blade Runner in two weeks until then, uh, Tyler, why don't you tell the people where they can get in touch with you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler Owen. Oh, you can find me at Dino Neil man. On Twitter, you can find you can find me on Twitter at Cron Master. That's C R O G H A N Master, and you can listen to my new music podcast, Pivotal Tracks. Uh, just look for that wherever you uh, listen to this podcast, and you can also follow the show at Credits Due Pod. And until next time, when we talk about. Blade Runner, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. And remember, as always, snakes. Why'd it have to be snakes? <laughs> <laughs>